If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe podcast family. That's why I'm your favorite podcast platform. It reads Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Reports. And, um, you know, I'm not going to start any sort of religion if you want to believe in this podcast. But if somebody else wants to do the work for that, that's great. Um, Feel free to misspell the word believe. It's all about branding as... (laughs) As uh, we we will get into later in the podcast. Uh, enough of that nonsense, and on to this week's wonderful guests, uh, part and parcel of I think one of the cooler new things to sprout from the devastation of the pandemic. Third wheel, uh, both third wheel Hollywood and third wheel podcast studios. Please give it up for Avery Ross, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Give it up for yourself. Um, yeah, I do. Th- I will. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody starts uh, a religion, as you said, that just the people around them kind of start that form. I feel like they do right. well, good. And then they're like, hey, we need to write what you're saying down in a book. <laughs> right, right, right. And then the cool part happens when it's like, oh, I got to keep this going. Yes. Damn yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said that. Uh, man, a photographer said that. Uh, about third wheel right off the top he's like hey man this is really good a lot of people saying a lot of good things just be careful don't don't create a cult and i was like okay (laughs) all right yeah well just you know make sure you as soon as it gets exclusionary that's when you walk down a dangerous road yeah there's no exclusion yeah no if anything well, before I make this point, why, why don't you tell our, the, the fine listeners here, what is Third Wheel? Okay, so Third Wheel Hollywood is, uh, it started as a podcast studio. That The business started as a podcast studio, which I was not a part of. That was uh, Nolan Culver and Mike Mazzalotti, uh, two brilliant cats, but they started a podcast studio about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, in that space they they grew it during covid and it, it was actually doing better which was doing great but so in that time they needed a new space more room um and they were we were gonna honestly do a little slotted to have a space to do uh do little mics and so dex mm-hmm. and i uh joined the boys and we were gonna do the Dex carvey you mean yes dex carvey uh we were gonna we were gonna just do the 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 little venue side and then you've seen the space we uh got the space and we kind of flipped the business model where we put we were like all right we have a big space downstairs let's make that the venue um never did a slotted uh ended up just doing free mics uh at midnight that's kind of how it started we slowly are adding more but it's a space for anything Uh, we do podcasts out of there it's been rented out for filming movies so we're kind of learning um but we 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 have a space to do whatever we want and that's kind of a a gift yeah it's a beautiful beautiful thing and slotted so i you know i feel like a few years ago kicked off by fourth wall and uh bird's back room which yeah. hasn't existed for years i think rachel lives in austin now uh, <laughs> but like they made open mics into an actual like small business for those who don't know or uh <laughs> 
if you're looking to get into comedy as a commercial actor, you'll probably end up doing a slotted <laughs> mic. Yeah, that, that's most of the people I see at those. So they, they're at open mics that generally run like, you know, anywhere from five to eight to maybe even longer hours a day. And they're every hour on the hour and people pay for the sort of convenience to know that they're, they only have to be at an open mic for an hour and they uh, know they're going to go up and they know they're going to get five minutes. Yes. Yeah. I, I definitely used uh, Burt's. Uh, that was the only one I actually did use, but that was, I was working at the improv. Right. And, and it was, it was, it, it was convenient. I could, I could go uh, hit up parts and then right. go to work. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the game just continues to evolve. So right. it's like, yeah, I don't know who would want to read it, but I think an oral history of open mics would be crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would love like how yeah. did happen. you hear about how Rachel, so Rachel Cuthbert, that's why it's called Bert's back room because Bert was the last part of her last name. Oh wow! Never put yeah, that she had to, of course, during lockdown, like kind of like forego paying for the space because she didn't know when it was going to come back. Right, and then you know, I mean, some people are a little more opportunistic, or that's their whole life here in Hollywood or LA or Tinseltown, or you know, <laughs> and like some other guy um, basically rented out the the space that Rachel was had been using for years just from under her and it's not like she was promised that that space was going to be hers right but the thing is that guy wanted to do in-person slot of mics in like fucking summer 2020 uh, yeah. oh <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah right yeah and his uh his workaround was like oh yeah no no, no. it's not illegal because like we're it's like we're like a production studio so we we were like like filming quote unquote filming so we can we can just have people do mics here. <laughs> so did, did it? I don't even know. Is it? Does it exist still? No. That space? No. Not, no. not, not to my knowledge. I think the space itself is still exists, but I don't know that anybody's using it for mics. I mean, there are other other slotted mics, uh, or I like to call hourly mics. Some people, yeah, yeah, they uh, that have popped up. I mean, trap mic uh the fourth wall has like two locations they used to have three um or they actually used to have four because one was out of like a truck shut up yeah yeah <laughs> i mean again it's so insane what some people have done for open mics oh for sure i yeah. I, I mean like the outside mics in general that was oh yeah that was a that was an experience and i never i never did one but i would mm -hmm. i would i would go with friends and right. it made me not want to do one just because i mean they, they're fun for all they're worth and if you're in a great a good space it, i was always going to like some random corner of a park that's having a lot going on and then i'm like we couldn't have found a quieter place to do this or <laughs> i can't hear you i can't even hear there's there's better performers in the park around us okay <laughs> right ah that's so funny <laughs> Yeah, that was a wild time. Uh, I mean, I wasn't in New York during summer 2020, but that looked, it looked like everybody was just like marking their territory in like Central Park and Prospect Park. <laughs> there are like so many just shows or mics like, look, okay, I got like a, like a battery powered PA system. I'll just yeah, exactly. like set up here and uh, we'll do it, you know? They were paying for them though. That was the funniest thing. Mm -hmm. that we're paying for it to, to go outside and do that i was like wait you, you guys should get like this is where comedy should get you should be paid i don't you don't should you, if you're getting stage time i don't i don't care if you get paid but if you're doing if you're doing outdoor shows competing against homeless people stealing your stuff mm -hmm. yeah man that's that's a that's a paid mic yeah i paid. forget the guy's name but this was like I was even before my time, but there was somebody who used to like work the Venice boardwalk. Like they would just show up with an amp and See? basically just like do crowd work with to like people walking <laughs> and like he made a living off of it, but like he had to work and he had to like do it hours a day. Right. I, I honestly thought, I, I didn't know that like those spots are booked too. Like, Oh, 
people, the yeah. people only get like to be on the pier for like a couple hours and they got to rotate and you have to i was like what they're like yeah the michael jackson kid's gonna be here in like an hour i was like what these people are now like they're booked up with their own uh own street performing spots now basically yeah yeah it's not it's it's organized busking like the third street promenade you have to like apply for a permit not only not only do you have to like get on a schedule but you have to be permitted yeah <laughs> which is what is insane because there's always one person there are like these two set of tables one is like shows you like videos of like animals getting slaughtered at like factory farms oh god and like encouraging you to be vegan and then yeah. another one that i used to see there all the time was this guy who was like staunchly christian and he would just invite people to debate him <laughs> so okay yeah i've seen i've seen i've seen similar uh shows like that on youtube and whatnot yeah in like yeah yeah hey that that those guys got the permit they got the yeah. permit yeah they're passed <laughs> so one of the more beautiful things about third wheel that avery's very much a part of is a thing called midnight madness uh seven nights a week at third wheel uh studios third wheel hollywood there is an open mic uh that starts at midnight list out at 11 30 p.m three minutes host does almost no time in between goes so fast you know i thought that would be a thing in new york new york doesn't have anything like that it's, it's just a nice reliable last stop if all else fails like you just get parking tickets or you don't have a car and you know you're just missing the train or the bus you can count on getting to pretty much Santa Monica Boulevard on the 101 to go to Third Wheel at midnight. It's it is it's it, it it's fallen into being its own thing uh, organically. But we mm. we do come from uh, years of working at the Improv. Uh, so mm. I worked there for seven years, and the really the the creator of Midnight Madness is uh, Michael D'Angelo. Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of had him man that because uh, he he him and I we had talked about they need a late spot here uh, at the mm -hmm. improv for mm -hmm. uh, one for the people they're not putting up they sacrifice because they don't have a third room as the store does for that belly room all that mm -hmm. stuff that they they give to the community is done mostly in that room yeah. uh where people get confused why the improv doesn't do that for them they don't have a third room mm -hmm. so where we saw that we tried and we would work with them we, we you know to do some things but when we had our own space we were like well there's that midnight always we knew there's that midnight spot for everybody who even works at those places we get a lot right. of people that work at both of those locations or other comedy places or just have a regular you know late job right getting to come and do a set every night it, it's it is and you're 100 right new york easily could have one of these and that's that's the future uh and what we're trying to do is expand right. and put a, a couple of these across the nation yeah I think one of the more beautiful things I've seen about it is that like, because it's like, there are other late night mics throughout the week, but nothing is like seven nights a week. It is about consistency. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, it is. And because of that, it's like the last stop for everybody. Like I never feel like, oh, this is like a mic that's dominated by like, just like one like click, you know? That's it's like, yeah, a bunch of different, people come in of all different backgrounds, gender identity, all of it. Yep. I, I mean, I saw, I, there was one night where I, I saw like a bunch of store folks, like a, a drag queen, uh, several women and like a few like cholos, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and some of them are, <laughs> what's wild is it, uh d'angelo's had it set up and because of this consistency they he has like real audience come and i'm yeah that's crazy so there's real audience at midnight to watch the show as well and so it's ran just as tight as a real show and so the audience doesn't really see any difference it, it, if you're a comic and you go up and you tell them oh this is an open mic that's the only way they're really going to find out Right. they don't even know especially the and there's some giveaways they're like are you signing up and they're like what do you mean signing up i'm like well okay you're not uh yeah right, go right. over there and uh feel free to enjoy 
What right. Doing? Well, I mean, you guys do run a very tight ship because not every open mic has a door guy who <laughs> greets people. Yeah. And uh, it's very, there's very clear protocol on sign up. There's not an actual fully dedicated bar that has yeah. you know, bar food. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we kind of knew the things that uh, we would have wanted. Uh, mm. Like we said, coming from a club point of view, mm. uh, what we want. And a mixture of uh, the mics that we've been to. I mean, we... I, like I said, I didn't really partake in many. Uh, I did a lot of improv coming up in this game. So for mm -hmm. those theaters, I was there, but I frequented with my friend, right. open mics at bars. Yeah. <laughs> like we talked about earlier in the middle of nowhere. It's, it does feel, it, when you kind of give people a, a performance space that feels like mm -hmm. they, you care about it, they start caring about it as well. It's weird. It's like, right. Oh, what uh was there any sort of discussion between all you guys about like you said we you were gonna do a slotted and I, yeah i remember like that time but then you very quickly transitioned to like yeah we'll just do it at midnight and we'll do it you know midnight every night like what what went behind that choice um so there at the time we had the podcast studio running at the same time as when we would do these slotted or we were going to do slotted and we found out almost immediately like i said we never got to do a slotted we we put it out made it uh the thing and i think we had it up for three days or whatnot and we were like we we one we realized that we didn't soundproof the upstairs where the podcast studio was going to be so if there was any kind of slotted going on downstairs there couldn't be a podcast right. and the whole business was built on the podcast studio right. so then we changed the hours that we would only do shows from eight until uh you know two p.m. Right. and then we were like oh we'll do slotted during that time and then that slowly got canceled again because once we had midnight madness uh we did that mm -hmm. at midnights mm -hmm. we saw it was it was catching on immediately that we yeah. were like all right let's let's put let's start focusing on building mics down the now from midnight before midnight and so yeah it was a lot of the having the the, the venue in the podcast studio in the same right. space yeah forced us to just kind of do it late that's awesome man and also i mean i feel like there are just so many things that have contributed to it being like you know like a <laughs> what i guess like an open mic sh should be is i mean so you have all that set up you also put it on eventbrite that's part of why you get audience because i remember during january when omicron was really hitting yeah yeah like everything was canceled everything except for like open mics a yeah bit. yeah and like what i noticed when i would go is that there would be audience because there i think it was like they would browse on eventbrite and they're like i guess this is happening like what you're 100%. yeah you're 100 right and you, you touched on it earlier uh it's the last thing even on eventbrite so even when they're looking at comedy shows the last one to start will be the Midnight Madness show. So, and it's, you know, you can pay if you want to be a P, but it's free. If you don't, you can just request a ticket. And yeah. so people are literally like, we, we'll get so many people who are like, oh yeah, we were trying to figure out something. And then this was the last thing that was going on. We got, we got tickets and we came over. Well, I mean, it's wild because you're in Hollywood, you know, and you're like, how many, we, I don't know. I lived in Miami for a little bit late night. And I'm sure New York is very much the same where it's, much later that the night goes on mm -hmm. la is not like them as much but it's no. still you know it's still it still stays up a little bit yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. i'm surprising that there isn't a, a late night uh well there is it's us <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean some of those other slides they have some like late late stuff uh i mean you know it'll be interesting they're they were looking into la county was looking into certain municipalities having 3 a.m or 4 a.m last calls and then lockdown oh, wow. happened and that kind of like got put on pause yeah. i mean that would make a big difference i mean like there it's not as i mean there's like a kind of cultural mindset especially because people drive that they right. you know they don't want to stay out as late but there are i feel like there's a healthy enough amount of people that want to stay out late and, i agree yeah yeah like, yeah well you don't even need a huge if you're i mean obviously they're only if there was just two clubs that did it 
Mm -hmm. uh, and they would probably, I know, like even as a bar, you alternate days and you, so you don't have to compete against one another. <laughs> you would right. just be like, hey, you get this happy hour on Wednesdays and we're going to take this happy hour on, on Thursdays, whatever it is uh, to have like our ladies nights this one, your ladies nights that one. We can both right. benefit from this. Um, I do think that the the scene could definitely have uh, if that if that changed now, does that it, it, I, I'm not even aware in New York. Can you drink until four? yeah wow okay so then that means it's a full serving bar until that time yeah and you know people comics that move here from new york that are you know maybe they have a drinking problem they don't know it <laughs> they realize they have a drinking problem when they come here because it's like last calls four and then bars can start serving again at six Oh my goodness. So there's really only a two hour window to go get food so you can start drinking again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is so insane to me. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta, like, gotta like, have two hours to clean this place up. That's hilarious. Yeah, two hours to just like take a break from your bender. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah, that would be dangerous. Um, there, are, there were places like that that uh, when we would go to uh, Utah, they, they, I think it's at like 10 or midnight <clears throat> it's like the same kind of two hours before we're used to right. and i yeah i did get that um yeah. I, I i started too late to continue so i was like oh wait what there's no more and they're like no it's done at 12 and i was like oh well right. dang that's not fun no <laughs> no 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 it isn't would love to talk more about third wheel but how about some comedy news first avery yes love comedy news let's do it Let's do it. All right, we're probably going to jump around a little bit. Uh, yeah, let's start with this. Uh, our flag means death. Uh, Taika Waititi's alternative history uh, pirate series uh, that follows uh, loosely the life of a real-life dandy pirate, like this guy who was a wealthy nobleman who threw it all away to be like a pirate. Okay. Um, it just got renewed for season two at HBO Max. Um, it is one of the more whimsical comedies that HBO has ever had. Also, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's like a JV designation if it's like on HBO Max versus HBO. Yeah. Like HBO's Varsity and HBO Max's JV. Cause like they <laughs> make a point of like, it's on HBO Max, not HBO. Yes, HBO exactly. Well, when you said HBO, I was like, oh, this is already, a, this has to, and then you said Max, I immediately go, oh, okay, this is why I haven't heard of it. Right. But then again, like, Hacks is, like, pretty exclusively HBO yeah. Max, and then it's been nominated for Emmys. Well, that's crazy. I didn't know that, because I've, yeah, I've definitely heard of Hacks, and I've heard great things of that. Oh, so. yeah. I think it's one of the better representations of, like, stand-up in, like, a scripted that's that's what i've obviously been in the scene that's what I, the exact thing i got everyone was saying it's it's a good it's finally something that makes us feel like it is what we do it's not right. like a lot of the representations of uh comedy are just right. right i mean i liked uh the marvelous miss Maisel or whatever that was right but i have i've had more mad females about that than i have men i'm like you didn't like that they're like no you couldn't have talked like that as a female in that day. I was like, well, it's, it's trying to be a, it's trying to, it's trying to do the thing. Okay. I mean, that is the weird thing about sort of like, you know, taking creative license with like historical, like a historical series is that. Yeah. So Miss Maisel isn't real, but it's like, she's, you know, based off of several different comedians that actually did exist but they never got to live like the singular life like that right because i don't know if that would fit as nice and neat into midge's um storyline exactly <laughs> um yeah you know uh and the same with like you know, our flag means death 
you know, it wouldn't be as like as colorful a series if they actually followed the real guy's story. Uh, yeah, you know, because like, I mean, if you actually yeah. read up on pirates, like it's very brutal and not like like in in the capital F way, like fun. No, hundred um, yeah. percent. I I did uh, so. I I I love the pirates. Uh, I mean, I, my my school mascot was a pirate. So this is how how dumb my little brain worked. Uh, so it was in junior high. I got obsessed with pirates. I had all pirate okay. stuff. Then I actually like as I got older, I, I was reading about like yeah what wh- what that entails, and it's like no, like they were dying left and right. They they some of them were the 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 problem with slaves. Uh, right. They actually bringing them or yeah. robbing slave ships and still selling the slaves i was like oh okay um so yeah you learn out it's it wasn't fun it was very hard to be a pirate if you're trying to be a pirate right you know that made me think of like maybe at that time that is truly like state capitalism because they were like <laughs> i will do anything for money anything yeah. it, well and then look where they based yeah and look where they ended up florida yeah, so most of them were on the, and then that's why Florida doesn't pay taxes. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and they they were freelancers. It was a gig economy yeah. for them. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I uh, yeah, it, it is very much a light, fun series. Uh, Blackbeard is played by Taika, and oh, just what? like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and yes. like you know, just like he played Hitler in a, in a, like an adorable way. <laughs> <laughs> for jojo rabbit also i don't know if you know this but the studio they i mean it's based off of a book and that's kind of why there was any traction for the movie at all but uh the when they were he was adapting it, the studio was like all right so if you play hitler we'll do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was their that was their their one must <laughs> yeah I do like to think that, you know, uh, if there is such a thing as an afterlife and there is such a thing as people rolling in their gra- graves that, like, Hitler has been depicted by someone who's very clearly not white. <laughs> yes. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, we yeah. should, we should, yeah, we should force those things just in case it, it, they, they do continue to get to, like, uh, focus on our, like, view from afar. Right. Just rub it in hard. Like, right. Yeah, right. That'd be. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see what they uh, do with season two. I I I do wonder if it is ever like this renewal is partially informed by the fact that like Johnny Depp's stock is continues to go down and down and down, and it's like, well, you know, Jack Sparrow (laughs) won't be as highly regarded anymore. So there's an open niche for new pirate comedy. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Uh, Season two. Yeah. Um, okay, next uh, item here. There's a trailer for a, what is being billed as a horror comedy called The Menu, uh, starring Rafe, even though it's spelled Ralph, Rafe Fines, um, Nicholas Holt, and Anya Taylor Joy. Uh, uh, if you watch the trailer, uh, you'll notice that it is very much a horror movie. And it has a laugh line in the trailer. Yeah, just one. And I and I feel like this is uh, symptomatic of a a, a, a thing, a, a wave, a movement, uh, whatever you want to call it, that's been happening, a trend recently, of things being blended with comedy and barely having any comedy, like a dash, a a, a sousant of comedy. I mean, is that does that qualify it to be a blend of comedy? who also or like who cares why are we even having this, this conversation <laughs> yeah, right. just yeah. make something interesting you know it's true though it is I, I i thought the same thing i was like this looks like a great movie D- don't see any comedy and i didn't see where you're gonna have any comedy you know yeah. but the movie looks great um i think they're getting confused because they have uh they have competition from comedians who are doing horror films now and they're really killing it so they're like well we're we're, we're doing funny too (laughs) right well i mean so like with jordan peele i can't i feel like there's a great amount of humor in get out i agree that one had the humor um but they didn't build that as a horror comedy they just called it a horror movie 
See, and that's what I'm saying. And 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 his other ones probably no comedy. Uh, us, and then um, yeah. Yeah, but, I don't remember there being a joke in us. No, uh, I don't think so. I don't think there was. Um, but yeah, Get Out wasn't. I know. Okay, so I didn't know that they did. They didn't uh, market that one as a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Just a horror film, right? No, that's why that 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 seems like that would have been the the uh, water got muddy because they were like, right. what is this? they're all horror comedies, then. right? Um, well, I mean, you know, we talked about this off pod. You're a horror fan and have been a, so. Like, speak a little bit more to this sort of dichotomy between like, there's, you know, there has been horror comedy throughout the years that actually has like hard jokes and fun characters. And then there's like this sort of thing where like, you know, um, the menu recently there's Fresh, which is like a horror rom-com, which actually I feel like is more a satire on how I, like the joke is like how little choice women have <laughs> that like you end up just dating a cannibal. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this is what the funny thing was about that is I ended up doing this because I'm a female. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I yeah, I, I, I could see that for sure in that film. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about. Uh, I think we're all trying to be, I don't know, when I grew up, it was popular to love horror films and horror films were like Michael, Jason, Friday 13th, those kind of movies. Your original slashers. Yeah, slashers, exactly. Um, but I feel like it's less accepted just as we begin to become more PC about everything. I think people like to just call like blend comedy with with mm-hmm. things that might be offensive now. I don't know. Right. Right, because when it's comedy and it's a horror comedy, like you, you and I had talked about, it, it's got it to me. It's got to be like Zombieland or mm-hmm. uh, Don't Tuck Over Evil or like mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead. Right. Those, those to me are like clear. There's hilarious, like it's almost yeah. It's like a gimmick on a horror film. Right. Uh-huh. That actually reminds me. There's a really great British comedy that came out like a couple months ago that. I think they build as a social anxiety horror comedy. <laughs> so there's yeah. no monsters in it, but like basically this guy's like going to have a celebrate his birthday at some like, you know, big uh, old English countryside house. Yeah. And like, like he has severe anxiety and like, you know, he's put in all these situations where he like all his friends just are passive aggressive to him. And he's just like having a nightmare of a time. <laughs> <laughs> sounds horrible and it sounds like that that could be a a good horror comedy i just see that great it was it was it was really really fun for and i bet for certain people very triggering of just like yeah i was gonna say i i i I deal with a lot of open mic comics and i do Mm -hmm. believe a lot of them are uh on the spectrum so i I, I could see where that would just trigger some some people well some are on the spectrum others are just like oh man you yeah, stop trying so hard. Yeah, oh, 100%. Try yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, this is, I, I haven't done it yet, but I so badly want to just give somebody the light in conversation. Just like wave my phone, like, oh, you, wrap yes. it up, man. Wrap it up. Dave <laughs> had that in his sketch, the wrap it up box. And yeah, yeah. like, it, it's so right too, because it, it, that one's like evident, but I do find it so, so funny now, especially... Uh, um, with the outdoor comedy now, the, the flashlight on your phone, everyone uses the flashlight on the phone now because that's no one had a room to even have a, a red light on. Right. Um, I, I do find that super funny to just like uh, real quick, just throw your light up. Like, you got a minute, man. Let's let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> Tighten whatever you're trying to come out with, please. I was have, trying to have a genuine moment and you're <laughs> adding tags. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wasn't having fun. I was telling you a true story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't care what you think would be funny if I, I you know, I was being vulnerable. <laughs> Next item. Did you watch Norm's new special, Nothing Special? I did. I, I just watched it yesterday. Yep. Isn't it a trip? It is, man. Uh, it was wild. Uh, it's Norm does Zoom comedy for an hour, and you know what? It's entertaining. 
it, it, I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I, I was watching it and I was, I was like, oh my gosh, he's literally doing Zoom comedy. Because I mean, it was, it was when like uh, comedians were actually doing that. But right. they, he did it as like, the, he was the only, and he didn't, that's why we never heard of it. But he was the only comic that did it like, well, I, like he was, wasn't waiting for people to laugh, but was giving time. And then right. was having all of his, his like, right. he would still engage with what the audience should perceive, you know? Right, 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 right. Jokes, it was funny. Yeah, was- I, that just goes to show you how, like, how masterful he is at stand-up. That, exactly. like, I almost feel like you could have added a laugh track to that and it wouldn't be upsetting. No, a hundred. Well, if you, like I would even like to exactly. I would, you could organically play that video and get all the laughs that he was playing for. You would get them all at the por- parts where he was timing it. You know, right. you. So yeah, you're a hundred percent right. If you just had the the uh, laughs from a genuine watching of that tape, you, right. you, you could pair it and no one would even no, right. not at all. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Norm Macdonald, uh, the late great Norm Macdonald, possibly had a special uh, released for him uh, by Netflix. Uh, you know, uh, over a year ago, he had uh, a sense of some sort of writing on the wall that his time might be coming to a close. Uh, his, you know, he had declining uh, health conditions, and he was uh, about to undergo a surgery uh, that you know maybe maybe he wouldn't recover from which sadly he didn't. And uh, he was he working on a new hour at the time. So he just kind of wanted to uh, have it on the record. And what I found fascinating is that like, um, <clears throat> he did it as a front facing camera thing. And he could have very easily like, just had, you know, a mic stand in a living room and just like perform for Ruth or the one or two other people there. Hundred Yeah, but instead he he just you just see like sort of medium shot of Norm being being Norm. It felt like watching Norm on late night, but go for an hour. Yes, and 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 and, and after hearing uh, his friends talk about yeah, that's who he was. Even when they got off stage, he wouldn't stop talking. So it was kind of it, it did. It felt like that moment of like the curtain was pulled back and. We just got to hear Norm talk for an hour of comedy of how he would talk, like just like you said. It was like at the late, if the, <laughs> yeah, if, 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 if it was good for me, I, I enjoyed it. Right, it'll be an interesting art. I hope like that the National Comedy Center that they just have it playing on loop. I think that's oh, like where it should like be. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's interesting because. Um, <clears throat> And so they actually play Norm's hour and then they have a panel that it has uh, Letterman, Conan, Molly Shannon, Adam Sandler and Chappelle and David Spade. Um, and like, <clears throat> like you're saying, they're all sort of reminiscing and whatnot. But um, I think Conan makes the point of like, like I didn't even need to be there. Like I, I felt honored to be there, but I, he's just like, he's just like going and at no point did, I mean, even though you're very clearly aware of what the circumstances are, you just, it feels like, it feels like you're, you could be watching Norm at a club or something. That's how like, it, yeah, it, it was confidently wild. he delivered it. Yeah. So confident. Like they touched on it. He did. He, he brought it up like a couple times, you know, the, his illness or this, this, the, and never, it, it never lingered. It never, right. it was like appropriately took off and landed within a very short period of time where I was like, wow, he's right. Cause now we all knew the circumstances obviously, but yeah. seeing in that light, you're like, right. And then so, uh, Dave, Dave Chappelle pointed out how, it was like the first comment that was in that panel that he uh, might have to apologize to Drew Michael. Yeah. Because Drew made a special with no audience way before the pandemic. And then he hated it. But then he watched this and you know, like Norm like landed the trick. Yeah. Well, because in Ed Chappelle wasn't even, <clears throat> I don't, from what it sounds like, he wasn't really even cr- criticizing the, the, 
jokes or what he was saying. He was criticizing the format that he had done really like that's not even the format. And so that's why I think he was trying to say, I, I owe him an apology because I wasn't really shitting on his jokes or anything. I was shitting at why he would do a special with no audience. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Right. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Norm um, in the sense of I, I, I love uh, awkwardness and I love creating that awkwardness because if you're the right. person that gets to create the awkwardness right. then it's not awkward for you. You get to embellish right. it. And he was a king of that. And I yeah. love it. I feel, I feel like like Norm, for me, Norm's legacy is like taking dad jokes to their like highest potential. A hundred like dad, dad jokes is high art yeah 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 <laughs> high art and and you don't even know you're a part of them sometimes and so yeah. you're like what what's going on and it's 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 like some of my favorite uh even re-watching i just i would i i no, no joke during the pandemic i i had norm playing and they would just play all the norm uh talk show interviews he did and they were they're just priceless he, he had on running bits with conan and shit and I just I enjoyed just seeing a comic be a comic. I do believe sometimes we get wrapped up in in performing and timing and punches, but when you're a funny person, right. that's all natural, and that's right. kind of what we saw with Norm. Right. So uh, Norm McDonald, nothing special. Now streaming on Netflix. Uh, go steal somebody's password if you don't. Don't support. <laughs> they. It's their fault. They had a bad business model. Every year, I don't know if you know this, but every year they increase their debt ceiling so they can spend more money to make more stuff for all the 140 or 170 territories they're in. Make less stuff, dude. Make less stuff. <laughs> they're like, no, we got to make more. We got to make it from... I'm on my yeah. mom's account and she just, she just let me know how much it was. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, it's like $22. I was like, when did Netflix get to 22? I mean, I, that's how long I haven't paid for it. Yeah, I've been <laughs> on hers, but I was uh-huh. like, Netflix was like, I remember, seriously, I remember when it first started, it was like five bucks. Then it went to 10. 10 is where I last started, stopped keeping track of it. So. Right. Right. And what probably will end up happening is that there will be like an ad version or they're going to have egregious product. Yep. 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 A hundred percent. I see it already coming that way. It's yeah. That money just doesn't disappear, you know? No. (laughs) Companies, you know, that money doesn't disappear. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Okay. One uh, last little item. Uh, And, you know, there is, uh, it's, it's officially pride. Happy pride month, everybody. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. June 1st, June 1st. Um, And of course the brands are out in the, in in the streets per se. Just like, Oh, we're, we're, we're in support. This makes sense. I was unaware. And uh, I was out and about yesterday and I I definitely saw the rainbows coming, coming out. I mean, I don't, I love color, so I'm all for it. <laughs> right, all right. Oh, but uh, so Hulu has uh, Hulu has this uh, gay rom-com coming out called Fire Island uh, written by Joel Kim Booster that looks very good. It's a riff off of Jane Austen. Uh, oh. Billy Eichner wrote his uh, own gay rom-com uh, with Nick Stoller, I believe. And that's called Bros, and that's coming out through Universal, I think, also this summer. So Amazon, uh, you know, because they're always in a dick measuring contest. <laughs> yeah, they gotta, they gotta. They, we gotta have our own thing. So they, <laughs> they, they have their own gay rom com in the works, based off of a best-selling book called Red, White, and Royal Blue. And while the other two try to go for a more grounded, like this is informed by our own gay identity, and uh, we we want to like show sort of a real life uh, of like gay romance in a comedic fashion, this uh, I think throws that idea away because it's basically like um, a, someone who's like running for office, I think, like falling in love with a royal. Oh, <laughs> I get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's hard to say. Would it be, uh, you know, they just announced the cast, but I feel like there is a gray area at which some of this stuff, like, feels like, are you just trying to, like, you know, 
wear your pride sticker. So you, you're, you seem like on board for the cause when, I don't know if anybody was really asking about that. Yeah. 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 I think it's a lot of things. A lot of people are, are doing that. We're like, yeah, we, we, that's cool. You, you support gay people, but you just, you just do burgers and no one was asking you to not just do burgers. It's like a lot of people are just trying to benefit on a, on a situation. Right. Right. Well, that's, you know, it's interesting just, you know, going through news today, I just saw this list on, I think it was the hollow reporter and because of what we're just talking about, it was a list of like, like cool stuff that you could buy for like pride. But it also, every single item, like, oh, but they, like, support gay causes. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, that is, that is, like, been, like, a huge criticism. Now there's a layer. Everyone, it's, it's so big. That now the layer is clear. They've got. Right, the right, right. So, layer. like, there's, like, Doc Martens that are, like, have, like, pride colors. But, like, they'll give a portion of the proceeds to, like, I don't know, the Trevor Project or something. Here we go. Hey, that's what you got to do. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean that's the way to do it. You have to pair it with, uh, getting, getting, I need you to put money over here then if you're going to use right. it. Yeah. And hey, man, that's, that's how black people are going to get reparations when they have, uh, that month needs to just be then every, every black, you know, sold item has uh -huh. to be, that's where they get their reparations. That's, that's, that would work. I think that would actually be a lot. That'd make right. A lot right. Or, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't, really foretell the future or I'd be much richer. Um, I have a hard time imagining that like actual sort of like clear cut reparations for descendants of slaves would actually ever happen Yeah, in, in that way. But maybe, you know, in Canada, they subsidize Canadian artists um, uh, in a way that like a certain amount of airtime is government mandated to be dedicated to Canadian artists. Oh, wow. No, I love that. Yeah. And uh, maybe a form of reparations could be just like, all right, so we are like required to amplify a certain amount of Black voices and we're not going to like segregate them to BET. Right. Exactly. I, I, that, that, I like, I, I like that, that format uh, with Canada in the sense that like you get, especially it being the arts and the, mm -hmm. you need that heavily. I think that I, was, I had this kind of a conversation with my mom even about the school systems should be different. Mm -hmm. Just call it babysitting because that's why you have them there. So right. the parents can work nine to fives. But mm -hmm. don't make them do like, they, that should we, we should have dedicated like art time that's almost all day. And then you have to go do two hours of like math, science, and literature. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, well, let's hope that Red white and royal blue will not be like that netflix holiday gay comedy that uh, oh that was that, that was, was painful rough. that it, was rough. it had so many people it so like Stewart was in it it was so forced too i was like oh, yeah. what is this and, I, and my sister um i watched it with her she's a uh she's a lesbian and she has a wife and so yeah. i was watching it with them and i'm like I, you know, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to be the first one to shit on it. I had the feelings. I sat there and then they just started tearing it apart. And I was like, thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. I was like, it, was felt, like, it felt like a gay comedy made for straight people. Yes. Yeah. That's what, and they're like, this is, this is not us. I was like, yeah, that, we know that <laughs> we, we, we're, we're aware of what the gay scene is like. Yeah. Bros actually makes fun of that. Like the, part of the storyline of that is that Billy Eichner plays a very popular, like, uh, per, like gay personality that has a popular podcast, mm -hmm. and his studio wants him to write a, a rom com that, like, uh, sh both shows like like gay love, but also like would be something that straight people would watch. Uh, and he's like, no, yeah, no, <laughs> no, yeah, hundred percent. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is, too. I, I, you know what I think about a lot? It, that Like, one of the big differences is it, is it must be so much more complicated to just, like, have, f like, groups in your life where potentially it's, like, lifelong friends and or romantic partners. And, like, the lines are, like, so severely blurred between those two. Yeah. <laughs>
you know <laughs> yeah where like i mean yeah the question i mean straight people of course ask this in their relationship like what is this but that is like just amplified to a bigger level because you're like oh i love these people hanging out with them but like they're potential romantic partners maybe i don't know yeah well yeah exactly yeah, well and it's so yeah it, that's what was so set up on it on punch was it, it was like it was uncomfortable to where it didn't feel right. And when you yeah. watch something that is, uh, uh, it's like doing a time period piece mm-hmm. that nothing matches up with that time. And you're right, like, right, right. Bro, that doesn't make sense. And, it just, and, and you, you might have put everybody in the white, the, the, the uh, right wardrobe, but yeah. there's vibes and, and lingo and, and that dialogue means a lot. So, right. <laughs> And it's all changing. There are high femme lesbians out there that like, you know, men get, there are certain men that get angry. <laughs> that's like, they're that hot and they don't like, I, I, yeah, they often, I don't know. I wouldn't categorize it as cat calling, but they'll be like, you'll, you'll, you'll come back to dick. And you're like, I've seen, oh, I've seen that. I've seen guys, yeah. uh, I, my sister's even had it. Cause she was, she dated, uh, stayed my best friend all throughout high school and uh so she was all the guys were like oh you'll you'll be back you'll be back and i'm like ah i really think she was uh a lesbian only trying to please everyone else with dating a guy early because she's never went back to a guy after she dated uh, a female so i think that's what she was wanting Absolutely. Oh, men so in love with their penis and also scared of it at the same time. Yeah, scared and in love with it. They're insecure and so secure. <laughs> right. Um, I want to talk about Third Wheel as we wrap up here. Uh, what uh, What do you see as uh, the future of Third Like you've been, you guys been doing a year and a half? Uh, not a year yet. We'll be a year in August. Um, oh, cool. We got the place in... Uh, july last year and we got a renovation month that we had our first show i think the 16th so we're gonna do a little year celebration you're all invited obviously awesome. um uh, but july see- 4th is that on july 4th <laughs> <laughs> yeah right july 4th no <laughs> i think it was july 16th was our year okay so we're gonna try and do something around that time cool, cool. um but i do see the future of us uh i think we're gonna what we're gonna move towards is uh, a live streaming venue so right. you have 60 live audience 60 to 70 live audience and then if you are a bigger name that can sell online tickets or patreon or anybody right sell your tickets if you got millions of followers you could sell uh-huh. them for a dollar and they live stream uh-huh. your show and then it goes off but that's kind of what we do with podcasting right now with the camera angles and whatnot right and kind of want to bring it to the to the uh to the comedy scene and maybe mm-hmm. do a couple shows that if you want to perform, it's just going to be live streaming. So you have to know right. that. Would you uh, live stream Midnight Madness or any mics? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that we, we probably will take over. And every night would be Midnight Madness being live. And so you right. could go and watch comics every night. There used to be a thing way, 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 way before COVID called World Comedy Studios. And they were a live stream mic. Um, what was it? World Comedy Studios. Okay. And it was like done in this like tiny little office building um, in I think Studio City. And they had such a weird setup, but like basically anybody in the world could stream the open mic. And so they were like the slotting. But it was what I want to ask and was interesting and they did is they allowed, like the way that you signed up made it so that people could tip you if they liked your set. Would that be something you guys set up? I'd be down for that. I know that there were, uh, um, I got hit up during COVID obviously, but there were like people that were asking me to go do comedy on Zoom and get paid uh, kind of thing. Um, but it was like, you're in a room by yourself uh, doing your doing your set. But I would love, uh, I would love for that to be a way, if we could get that dialed in where your comics could actually get paid and get tipped and then even have shows sometimes just booked off of the most popular comics uh throughout a night uh get the spot on a on a maybe a saturday show or something right uh, yeah because i would i mean I, I i think that like talent just needs to get paid um anybody talented needs to get paid so right. anyway can put money in their hands uh that's 
And again, I mean, it almost should be like a bumper sticker or something that like, if you can get paid for doing comedy on Instagram live, you should definitely get more than drink tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yes, agreed. Yeah, to perform in person. That's crazy. And I guess, you know, um, I don't think having a, a having a chat about someone who runs uh, like a dedicated open mic uh, would be complete without asking, what is the craziest thing that you guys have seen at Third Wheel? <laughs> craziest thing? Um, God. Uh, the, I mean, it happens. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's an it's a open mic every night. And for the longest time, um, it was just Michael running the board and me running the back uh, bar and right. so we were there for a good three months every night uh you see some stuff uh one night i think we the craziest was we, we had a slapping incident that was <laughs> pre-oscar or after pre pre wow yeah um and, and multiple that got closer than i wanted um and us having security and everything still got to that point but we had i'll tell you one where uh it was a it was another comic so he had been outside and uh he had gotten his drink smacked out of his hand as a joke i guess well the guy felt so bad so he's in the hallway and then he got he was out front and on the on the street and yeah. he got his, he got his drink spiked out of his hand right and uh you know he, he, he the guy that did it felt bad they were you know their acquaintances and somewhat they, they're former or you know they're comics he tells them you you have uh you can come knock a drink out of my hand at any given point well obviously uh this happens an hour prior and no one was about it that wasn't outside so we're all inside and uh the comic is up on stage and he's got a beer tall boy and dude out of nowhere just flying down the side comes that uh other comic and just spikes the beer out of his hand hits Mm -hmm. the slap like slaps him and the and the beer and the beer hits everybody in the front row and it was a midnight madness and there was no joke the whole front row was uh live real people yeah they didn't know like they're they're there they, they were actual uh guests Splash zone is not supposed to be literal. it was it was a splash zone and uh needless to say whoever he got was uh they liked their shoes a lot and so <laughs> it, was, it wasn't then it was like the comic that got slapped had to explain to these people that he did it was oh my goodness we and he had to it had to explain it to me because i'm like what what are you talking about it it was so confusing for the longest time and wow. so many people heated. Right. <laughs> so right. yeah, that was, that was the craziest because the, the confusion didn't stop for like 10 minutes. Right. I've seen dicks though. And that's been crazy. So I've seen so many dicks in comedy. Yeah. It's, it's not <laughs> like shocking. And in LA, I'm like, I, I, I'm numb to it now because I, I yeah. can't walk the street without seeing Yeah. It. I've actually at this point seen more dicks than boobs because of comedy. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I have not. I have uh, not seen boobs doing comedy yet. And I've worked. I worked at a. I worked at a Hollywood Improv for seven years. Yeah. Never saw boobs. Never saw boobs. Saw uh, saw a dick uh, at that at the Hollywood comedy. So or Hollywood Improv. So. Yeah, I've seen. Oh, where do I see boobs for bits? UCB, okay. Lyric Hyperion, and the Elysian now. Okay, okay. Those are all yeah. boob places for sure. I feel like if- <laughs> I'm sure they would love that designation that they're boob places. Is that could be in that be in their Google Maps description like cool no. hip laid back boob place? Hey, I'd rather go to a boob place than a dick place, okay? Any day. Hey, that's what, you know, the way you swing, that's cool. <laughs> I went to, uh, yeah, I, I remember, I, so yeah, I lived across from Franklin and UCB. That's, I could now see that being, some of those spots, man, it just, it gets comfortable in there. People get real comfortable. Yeah. Well, I just love when people do weird shit and, you know, hey. around 11 p.m. later, yep. it gets wild. It does. Yeah. It does. It gets wild. 
Um, thanks so much for coming on uh, the podcast, Avery. Oh, thank you. Uh, really love Third Wheel. And I, I feel like, you know, I mean, take this for what you will, but I feel like it is the safe space in a way that like comedy actually needs where like you run it well, but it's not like, like the club where people have this false idea of, um, oh, I gotta, I gotta like kill. Like open mic should be like, I had like a stupid idea. Yes. I want to try it. And well, yes, you're hundred percent right. And there's this, us coming from those places, what's happening at those places, they run mics. Mm-hmm. People are trying to get past and you can't get past at third wheel. We're not going to, we do our own shows, but it's never going to be off of like, you know, we're, we'll hook up people if you know, we know you're funny, but you're not getting past at our club, but that is, you, you, you go to an open mic at a, at the store or at the improv and everyone there is so tight trying to do a set that they will get past or yeah. that they'll get acknowledged. And, and at third way, I want that to be the exact opposite. I, 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 I'd rather you not do a set that you've ever done before. Yeah. Um, try something new. Um, sharpen your tools and then go over and do that set trying to get past at those two right. places. But right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's so crucial to have, especially when you're starting out to like have a freedom to fail objectively and all the time where like, I mean, you don't know what you're doing in so many ways and you don't know your voice, even if people have told you you're funny. Like, oh, 100%. And, yeah. and, 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 and a lot of times you won't get to get your funny when you're at a place where you feel so much tension on being yourself right. until you get to be yourself somewhere. And this happened to me. That's why I know. Um, I didn't find, I, I performed at the improv and I, oh my goodness, I hated it. I couldn't do what I wanted to do. There were so many restrictions on what I could do. And so I, I did my form the way I wanted to do it. And I actually was able to figure out what I do in comedy and how I do it. But I couldn't get that without having a space that was just free. There wasn't any judgment. There wasn't a click like you were saying. We don't have one group of people to come in there. And it it has to be that way. You can't turn into a a boys club. You can't turn into a girls club. And it can't turn into a race thing. You can't separate anything by... The more you divide, the less funny you're going to get. Yeah. It won't be, I remember there used to be, I like calling them fight club mics, but I don't know if they exist anymore, but they would be like, like, this is probably six or seven years ago. There would be mics around midnight. Do you remember Sushi Kings? I've heard this. Someone said yeah, someone there used to be a whack looking sushi restaurant. How whack? They had like thrones as <laughs> chairs and red lights, red lighting. Oh, and it yeah. was, it was like the, the upstairs to this recording studio. Oh, wow. and, and like apparently like if you're in the know um you like you uh could come at midnight and they'd have a mic but like like don't tell anybody <laughs> just don't tell anybody yeah but then it's just like it's my what i like to call hanging out on stage yeah and you're all right it's the same eight guys and yes it's guys and they're just like oh you only perform for each other there's no way that that's gonna like come and become anything like good no, and, and stage time is, is beneficial, but if you're only going to be good at performing for your eight buddies, that's not going to translate to what you're trying to do. That's not, com- it's comedy for your, your group, but if, right. you're trying to, if you're trying to please the, mm-hmm. if you're trying to be a big comic, you got to be able to play to any room. And that's kind of like, that's the, the beauty in getting a space that has a lot of different people, like you were saying off the top. Right, absolutely. And yeah, again, it should just be, you know, I feel like I would not be where I'm at in comedy without Tribal Cafe because mm-hmm. like but a lot of people hate that place. I don't know that they, they even have open mics uh, anymore, but the stakes were so low because it was such a weird place. And like people would order smoothies and espresso during your set and that the machine <laughs> yeah. would go off and people were like, God damn it. Um, uh, yeah. I agree. Those places, I, I owe a lot of mine to UCB when I did uh, Sunset. They had BYOB and they, you just had to bring your own uh, or tea. You bring your own team. Mm-hmm. And then they had a bucket where you did improv will tell you, teach you that you, you're always bombing. And so yeah. uh, an improv set is 90% bombing, 10% a laugh. So <laughs> yeah. you know how to be comfortable on stage and just work into your funny. Right. Uh, and so that was, that's where I, yeah, stage time is good and you do need to bomb, but you need to bomb trying to be funny. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that, that's hard to do. And you don't get that when you're with your, your eight buddies in a room, you're not going to bomb. 
Right. So it, I like that it's a professionally funny, like run place, but it, it's not, it doesn't have so much sheen that people feel anxiety over going at it. Uh, so it, rather than like you, the place, <laughs> place where you feel no stakes are, is usually like terrible. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It, it is a very different spin on it because I think what gives it this, and this is probably true is that it is every night. So if yeah. you do it today, you can do it tomorrow, your other set. Or if you do your set tonight, don't do that tomorrow. It gives you a little bit of leniency to bomb and know that you can just come right back the next day and do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Whereas even uh, the open mics that I would go to, I had to wait a whole nother week to go to that mic that I liked. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, as we, like uh, Rock Paper, which used to be every day at six, uh, right across from Meltdown, RIP. Yeah. Uh, it was the same people who were unemployed showing up every day <laughs> at five thirty. At five thirty, yeah, it's so. It, it is. It's weird. It. it uh, I. I. I think there's a beauty. Uh, that's even true with some of our eight and ten o'clock mics. It's the same people that are, that are, don't have jobs at that time. Then we have another crew. Like midnight is like you said. It's everyone. Uh, no matter what, that's the end of the night. It's everyone's there. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. This is cool. Cool. Good. Well, thanks again for coming on. Uh, where can people find you and Third Wheel online? Uh, is there anything else you'd like to promote? Yes. No, I want to thank you first uh, for everything you're doing. Uh, it's huge. And for do, to do it like you do it, it's 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 a pleasure to come out here and do that. It's the least we could do. You've been a, a, a huge help in getting our, our name out there. And, and when you're credible by somebody like yourself, people actually take you seriously. So we wouldn't be anywhere that we are without people like you in the in this 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 group and family so thanks love you thank you so much for that um appreciate yeah you can find uh third wheel hollywood on instagram third wheel podcast on instagram and then uh yeah look look out for us mine i'm avery ross on instagram but Mm -hmm. spelled with that yeah spelled it's different it's spelled a-v-r-y-r-o-s-s yeah I got rid of my capsule collection coming in 2024. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's it. That's it. That's my cancel question. Yeah. 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 Just coming out with, I don't know. What would you do? Probably like a t-shirt and hat collection. I bet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I could do that. Dude. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm Jay Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at the Comedy Bureau across platforms at thecomedybureau.com. You can find me on Instagram at Not the Supermarket on Twitter at MFJ Kroger. So many great causes to support this time. You know, it's pride. Uh, take your pick. There are a lot of them. Um, if you have money and generosity left over after that, please support the Comedy Bureau because it's been running 11 years uh, with just me at the helm pretty much. And I would love to keep doing it. Uh, do you have anything else to say, Avery, as we sign off? Love you, Jake, and love everybody doing comedy. Love you guys. Love you too, man. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> yes. All right. Peace. Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Granillo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.